I'm serving a life sentence right now. In first class? Yep. Yeah, I, a, a life webcam. sentence known as first class. Yeah, <laughs> a, a life sentence of getting to shower on airplanes. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> here we go. You know, someday we're going to get to a point where you finally have done it and we can't make the jokes anymore. So I got to milk it while I can. Welcome to episode nine of Takeoff, a Points and Miles podcast by 10X Travel. I'm your host, Bryce Conway. With me today, Matt and Travis. Emily will not be joining us. She's a little busy getting married this week, so we hope to have her back on the next episode. Acceptable excuse. Very acceptable excuse, yeah. Could have been fun to do like a, a live podcast from her wedding, but the whole work-life balancing, I don't think that would be in balance. Today, we're going to talk about business cards, specifically a few uh, the inks that have some higher offers coming out. But before we jump into the business side of things, as usual, I'm going to ask, how are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing well. Doing well. Headed off to the uh, mountains later this week with uh, my fam. So looking forward to getting out of some of the late summer heat and uh, finding some cooler temperatures. And I know that my late summer heat is nothing like your summer heat, Travis. Yeah. Can you, can you take me with you? <laughs> Uh, Matt doesn't sorry, have a companion the pass. House is all full. <laughs> yes, I don't have a companion pass. <laughs> I can I can sleep on the couch. For our Done. listeners in Texas, know that I sympathize. I'm in Houston and it's been hot, so I'm gonna meet Matt in the mountains. Apparently, <laughs> that's a good title for our next podcast: Meeting Matt in the Mountains. How Travis and Bryce surprised <laughs> Matt on his family vacation. Speaking of work-life balance, yeah, still not nailing it. Anyway, <laughs> this episode we're gonna spill the ink on the inks. We're going to talk a little bit about some particular offers that we see right now from Chase that are going to up their bonuses. We're going to talk about business cards in general, who can qualify for them, how that process works, some of the best business cards to get you started, and talk about some common situations that we see with business cards. So jumping right in, let's talk first about qualifying for business cards. What does it take to qualify for a business card? Well, you do need a business, but it's probably not a business in the sense that you think it is. Most people that we talk to if you ask them, hey, do you think you can qualify for a business card? They say no, because they don't own a business. And what's probably going on in the back of their mind is that I don't have a physical location with employees and a tax ID number, and we're not publicly listed on the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. But it's not quite that difficult. In fact, it doesn't really have to be quote unquote official. There are many different types of businesses that you can have. Structure-wise, you could be LLC, Corporation, S-Corp, C-Corp, or you could just be a simple sole proprietorship, which is kind of a fancy way of saying, I'm not incorporated. I just kind of operate as an individual. So you can have a business as a sole proprietorship that isn't formally registered with the IRS or your state, et cetera. You know, you can check your local guidelines as these may vary. But for the purpose of qualifying for a business card, there's really no sort of formal or official qualification needed to get one. Most people can get them as sole proprietors. If you have some sort of business activity that can work, and it's in general, a lot easier and kind of less strict than most people think when they approach it. So how do you know if you have a business or can qualify for a business card? Well, most people are operating sole proprietorships without even knowing it. Basically, if you're earning any sort of revenue coming in the door for something you're doing, that can probably qualify as a business card. Let's say you drive for Uber or you know deliver for Uber Eats, manage rental properties or own them, babysit, sell things online, or just generally side hustle. If you're bringing in any sort of 1099 income, that can qualify you for a business card. How much revenue do you have to be bringing in to qualify? Well, it does vary, but it's Again, probably lower than you think. Even new and small businesses need to access funding and credit to purchase inventory, make business purchases, etc. So we've seen approvals on business cards of people who 
Again, have no sort of like formal registration. They're sole proprietors, have a relatively small amount of revenue, even as little as a few hundred bucks that qualifies you to try. You might as well take the shot. So I guess I'll, I'll start with a quick question, Travis, Matt. Tell me about your first experience of business cards. What, what did you use to qualify? What were your opinions kind of going into it? You know, how did you approach business cards getting started in this hobby? It used to be a lot easier when I was just a, a freelance writer rather than a direct employee because sorry, I was a freelance writer. That means I, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, like as a freelance writer, I was a sole proprietor. I was not directly employed by the business. That was kind of the key there. And that helped me qualify then. I do own a rental property now. So being able to manage the rental property, anyone who has it knows that it comes with expenses. You know, you've got maintenance, cleaning, whatever you've got. So now that's generally how I qualify for business cards. Mine's probably a bad example because I have a formal LLC for my web development company that I was more involved with before I got involved with 10X. Similar story there though. So that made it not super easy, but in terms of having an official entity that was set up there versus being a sole proprietorship. But my wife formerly had a sole proprietorship that's now LLC also, but before she was able to qualify for business cards just as a sole proprietor for the graphic design work that she would do uh, kind of as freelance. So it's definitely doable. What about you, Bryce? Oh, yeah. So I own this little side hustle called 10X Travel. And then we also own a website called Mile Value. And yeah, I've applied for many business cards formally and as a sole proprietor as well. Some of my side hustle days. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking back when I first started business cards. I know I was pretty terrified of them. I kind of assumed like when you're filling out a business card application, it kind of feels like you're doing your taxes. And it kind of feels like everything is like super official and going to be like double checked by someone. And if you make a mistake, you're going to go to jail. But that's not the case. How did you feel kind of your first business cards? Did you have the same concerns? Did anything bad happen to you? How long was your jail sentence when you applied for your first business card? Yeah, I'm serving a life sentence right now. In first class? Yep. Yeah, I, you access a, to a, a life webcam. sentence known as first class. <laughs> yeah, a, a life sentence of getting to shower on airplanes. Ooh. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go again. Here we go. <laughs> you know, someday we're going to get to a point where you finally have done it and we can't make the jokes anymore. So I got to milk it while I can. Um, maybe I'll just be stubborn enough to intentionally not fly Emirates in first so I can't take the shower and just see how long you drag this out. We'll see. <laughs> I, oh, okay. <laughs> I hate the jokes on you in that scenario, sir. Matt. Fair yeah, enough. fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe I won't do the cool thing so you can keep teasing me about it. <laughs> uh, but uh, really, when I applied for my first business card, kind of same thing. I I felt a little odd doing it. I mean, like I said, I had a legitimate sole proprietorship and in hindsight had no reason to be concerned, but it did feel a little off. But I quickly realized, you know, thinking about it, like mm, there's a like for those uh, playing the game. Drink up. I, uh, yep. I, Quickly realized how how kind of similar to Bryce said that I wasn't a big business, felt as if, why should I be approved for these? But it quickly started to 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 make sense about about them. But I was definitely a little apprehensive at first. I don't really have any memories of applying for my first card and having any sort of trepidation or fear or concerns about it. Uh, I guess I was just more excited to finally have organized spending separate from my personal stuff and and feel more like a real business. So 
but I, I don't recall having any sort of trepidation. I did just have a very random memory that popped up from one of my first business cards. I'll share that later on for sure, I'm sure. Awesome. Let's talk about why you should care about business cards. The easiest answer to that question is that they're a great way to earn additional points for your business spend. Really, being able to open business cards almost effectively doubles your ability to earn points and miles because most personal cards have a business card equivalent. If you're just a personal you know, individual, you might be able to open you know, an American Airlines card or a Chase Sapphire preferred card, which is great. But there's also an American Airlines business card corresponding with that personal card. Or there's chasing cards, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, which look and feel and function very much like the personal equivalents, but effectively double your ability to earn points. Now, as far as I know, as of today, there is no restriction put in place by any bank or issuer from a business card to a personal card, meaning no issuer is going to say, okay, if you have the business version of this card, that means you can't get the personal or vice versa. You can always double dip. In fact, banks love when you do that, they market that so that business owners can earn the same points uh, in the same pot from business spend and personal spend. So really the bottom line of business cards is they just allow you to earn more points. And they're a great way to get additional points for your business spend. You know, whether that's a small amount, large amount, it's okay. You're going to be earning points on both sides of that. And in almost all cases, they're going to go in the same points account. Businesses generally cannot have their own loyalty accounts. So kind of going back to our example of American Airlines. You have a personal card with American Airlines, earns points for your individual account, but the business does not earn points for like a business American Airlines account that still defaults to an individual or a human. So that's a great way to kind of double dip there. Now, the business card angle or strategy really comes into play with regard to 524, the Chase 524 rule. As a quick recap for those who are unfamiliar, Chase has a rule in place where if you open five or more credit cards over a period of 24 months, you generally are not going to be able to be approved for Chase credit cards until you go back under that number. It's kind of like a throttling limitation of sorts. But there's a bit of a loophole for business credit cards. And that is that business cards, when you're approved for them, do not add to your 524 account. Now, there are some rare exceptions that might be getting a little bit into the weeds here. But generally speaking, if you're 224 and you apply and are approved for a business credit card, you are still 224. So this confuses quite a few folks because they'll hear business cards don't count to 524 or business cards aren't subject to 524, which is half true. But what that means is that when you're approved for a business card, it doesn't add to your 524 account, but you still need to be under 524 to get Chase business cards. Even after hearing that, even after I say that, that doesn't sound incredibly clear. Most people, when they hear it the first time, still doesn't click. I encourage you to check out the course to, um, to kind of drive that point home. But business cards are great because of that. They exist almost outside of that realm of 524. Yeah, and I'd, I'd add one of the reasons why people sometimes get confused by this is because when they apply for a business card, it typically does pull your credit. And the reason for this is because even though the card is being opened in the business's name, you as an individual are essentially personally guaranteeing the card. Um, that doesn't mean that it reports on your credit, but they do want to check your credit to be sure that you as an individual are credit worthy enough to personally guarantee the card. So don't be surprised if when you apply for business cards, you see that you do get a, a hard pull on your credit. That's very common. But just because you get that hard pull doesn't mean that when the account is open, that the credit activity is being reported to the credit bureaus. Absolutely. And I find that point really sticks when you understand why that is. It's not just some random obscure loophole like, oh, hey, they forgot to report business cards to your personal credit. They do that on purpose so that if you run a business that has a fairly high amount of spend, and then you go to apply for a mortgage or a car loan or any other sort of debt, 
lender pulls your credit, they're not going to see, yo, Bryce, why do you have $50,000 of outstanding balances on your card? Like, oh, yeah, that's inventory for my, you know, retail shop or, you know, they don't, they don't care. Like that's still an outstanding balance. One of the main features of business cards is they don't report that so that business owners are not adversely affected from a credit standpoint for spend that is for their business and not for themselves. So anyway, we, we've talked about business cards on past episodes. They're covered in detail in the course. So I don't want to go too much farther into that. Instead, I kind of want to shift our focus to a particular family of business cards I'm going to talk about today, the Chase Inks, mainly because a couple of them have just launched their really the best offer we've seen on those in at least a couple of years. Ink Cash and Ink Unlimited are each offering $900 cash back as a bonus after you spend $7,500 in the first three months. Now, there's a bit of a wrinkle to these two that is important to know right off the bat. And that is that they are marketed as cash back cards. I just mentioned their bonuses are $900 cash back. However, that cash back is given to you in the form of Chase Ultimate Reward Points, same currency that you earn from other cards of Chase, such as Chase Sapphire Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve, Chase Inc. Preferred. You can use them for travel. You can transfer them to about a dozen different airlines and hotels. Here's where the kind of loophole or wrinkle comes in. If you have a Chase Sapphire Preferred or Reserve or a Chase Inc. Preferred, as well as one of these quote-unquote cashback cards, Chasing Cash, Chasing Unlimited, any of that cashback that's given to you in the form of Chase Ultimate Reward Points can just be combined over to one of the other cards that Sapphire Preferred or Reserve or Inc. Preferred. And at that point, you've effectively unlocked those points to be used for higher value travel redemptions. So everything you read and see about these cards is going to call them cashback, but that by having that additional premium card from Chase, you can now use those points for travel. If you're looking for how to combine those points, uh, check in the show notes. We'll have a link to an article about how you can combine those ultimate rewards points from the cashback cards onto the Chase Sapphire Preferred, Sapphire Reserve, or Inc. Preferred, so that way you can access those transfer partners. And we're also going to talk about the one that's kind of a trap to some folks called the Chase Inc. Premier, which is actually only cashback. So stick with us here. We're going to hopefully sort this out by the end of the episode. So zooming out, there are four. Chase Inc. credit cards issued by Chase. They're referred to as Chase Inc. because that's kind of the family of cards, but they're four of them that each operate a little bit differently. First one, Chase Inc. Business Preferred. This is kind of like the big hitter of all of them. One of two of them has an annual fee, 95 bucks a year. This is the one that earns conventional Chase Ultimate Award points. You can transfer them to travel partners. You can book travel through Chase's portal. They work very much like the points you earn from a Chase Sapphire Preferred and Reserve. Great card. I have one myself. I'm going to assume that each of you have had this at some point, but love that card. Then there's the two that are what we mentioned, the cash back ones. You have Chase Inc. Cash and Chase Inc. Unlimited. These are the ones that are marketed as cash back. They have the new bonuses that just launched $900 cash back after you spend $7,500 in the first three months with the loophole that you can use these for higher value travel redemptions. And then the last one is the Chase Inc. Premier. This is a true cash back card earns a variety of different amounts of cash back depending on what you're spending on and how much you spend on. That one is a little bit less in focus for us because there really is no way for you to ultimately get those points to travel. There's plenty of reasons why business owners should use it. There's lots of situations in which that might actually be your best card. But for most people listening to this podcast, if you're into travel and points and miles, the Chase Inc. Premier is kind of out of scope. So let's focus on the other three. First, Chase Inc. Preferred. The sign-up bonus on that one we see is typically in the range of 80 to 100,000 Chase Ultimate Award points. The main perks it has, it earns three points per dollar up to the first 150,000 you spend per year on things like travel, shipping purchases, internet, cable and phone, advertising, particularly social media advertising, search engine advertising each year. This is one that we use pretty heavily here at 10X Travel. 
I love that 3X on social media advertising we do quite a bit of. It also has cell phone protection against theft or damage up to $600 uh, when you pay your phone bill with this card. Now, I believe that Matt might have a personal experience with using this. Matt, how did that work? Yeah, I did a couple of years ago. I had my phone in my lap, stood up out of the car, splat. Uh, phone went face down on the driveway and didn't survive very well. So I took it to the local repair shop. They replaced the screen. I think they did one or two other things. So I charged, I, I should back up. I pay my cell phone bill with my Ink Preferred, which sort of unlocks that that coverage for the cell phone insurance. So after getting it repaired, I paid the repair bill with the Ink Preferred, then uploaded the receipt, filled out a claim, through the Ink Preferred on cardbenefitservices.com, which is who Chase uses to manage all that. And minus the $100 deductible, my repair bill was $339, I think, to get it fixed. But then I just had to pay the $100 deductible, essentially. So they sent me a check for like $240. So I was pleased. Obviously, it wasn't free, but $100 is much better than $350. So I was pleased with that. And you know, it's just kind of included in the as part of the, one of the benefits you get by paying the annual fee and paying the bill with that card. So kind of a nice uh, add-on feature to have. I did kind of write an article on our site about this process, so we'll include a link to that in the show notes also. I always love these kinds of benefits because they're kind of some of those secret hidden benefits where you can get some extra value from your card. You know, these are the nice examples when people often say, why would I pay an annual fee for a, for a credit card? Well, that cell phone insurance offered from your phone provider, often 10 or $15 a month per line. So if you've got two lines over the course of a year, that's 200 plus dollars to get essentially the exact same coverage that you're getting just by paying your bill with the card. Now, a lot of phone providers are taking away like auto pay discounts when you pay with a credit card. So you kind of have to do a little bit of the math, but it can be a sneaky way for you to get some extra benefit from the card that you're paying the annual fee for that can help you save in other areas. Plus, let's keep in mind the annual fee in this card is only 95 bucks, right? We're not talking about a super premium card where you're paying hundreds of dollars and trying to justify it to yourself. Like, oh, I get these kind of fringe benefits, right? The annual fee for the entire card is probably cheaper than most people are paying for cell phone insurance, period. And it comes with a bunch of other benefits as well. One of which is actually travel protection benefits or trip interruption benefits, of which I think, Travis, you have a particular uh, use or, or, or history with this. How did that work? Yeah. Uh, so one of the common travel insurances that you get on cards is trip delay insurance. And while the benefits kick in based off of the time of your delay, they often will always kick in if you're delayed overnight. And I was flying to Boston from Belize last year and I had a connection in Miami and I won't go into my Miami stories, but I'm cursed when it comes to Miami. Lo and behold, my flight from Miami to Boston was canceled due to weather. They could get me to New York the same night, but not to Boston until the next morning. So I had an overnight stay in New York at uh, John F. Kennedy JFK. Because it was delayed overnight and I had used my card to pay for the taxes and fees on the award ticket, I was able to use that travel insurance. I believe it was $500 per night, which covered my food, my hotel. I actually stayed at the TWA hotel at JFK, which is a really cool and unique hotel. It's the old TWA terminal that's been converted into a hotel now. And all of that simply because I had paid with that card. Now, similar to Matt, 
had to go to chasecardbenefitservices.com or whatever it is. I had to submit the claim. It took about six to eight weeks to get it processed, but I was able to recover 100% of my costs, both the hotel and meals that I had incurred because of the delay, all because I paid with the card. So like the cell phone insurance, simply paying with the card is all you have to do to be eligible for that benefit. Also, for anyone that has any intention of flying to or through Miami airport at any point in the future, I really hope you have a card with trip delay insurance. Because anecdotally, at least for our staff, a good half of the claims that come out of us are somehow connected to transitioning through Miami. So shout out to the Miami Yeah, airport. you have one as well, don't you? I do. Yeah, there's wasn't a business card. It's Amex Platinum. But yeah, I, I have filed a claim for interrupted travel through Miami within the last 12 months, kind of like everyone else that we know. So yeah. And not not to interject, but you learned a hard lesson on that one too. I didn't did. You? I used the Amex Platinum card, which has five hundred dollars total coverage, not per night. And you know, for, for those who have been through and Miami, yeah, it's not per person either. So five hundred dollars to cover a family of four who are stranded in Miami doesn't go nearly as far as five hundred dollars per person or per night. So yeah, we we blew most of that on a hotel, but I mean still much better to have that than not. But yeah, I wish I would have used uh, this card instead. So that's Inc. Preferred. That's that's the kind of the big hitter of the Inc. family, if you will. It's the one that has a $95 annual fee. Great card to have uh, in addition to the other ones which we're going to talk about right now. The next one, Chase Inc. Cash. This is a no fee one. This is the one whose sign-up bonus just went to $900 cash back very recently. You know, the, the standard offer, if you will, or the one that we've seen for quite some time in this card is just $750. So this is, I don't know if I could call it an all-time high, but it's at least a very recent high from what we've seen and it should put this on pretty much everyone's radar. Um, I've been doing a lot of talking about the inks. Matt, do you want to talk us about through the, the ink cash here, some of the specifics of that card? Sure. Ink cash is an awesome card. Yep. $0 annual fee. So for people that are cognizant and, and really get hung up on annual fees, even though you shouldn't, this one should be a no-brainer because it's uh, no annual fee. The a reminder that it's marketed as a cashback card, but those get issued as ultimate rewards points. So if you have a premium card like the Sapphire, either the Sapphires or the Ink Preferred, you can transfer these points out uh, to travel partners, which is another awesome way to get uh, ex- extended value out of these points. The best perk of this card is it earns 5% cash back on the first $25,000 you spend annually in combined purchases at office supply stores and also on internet, cable, and phone services. So think, hey, I'm going to shop at Staples or Office Depot, Office Max. I'm sure there's other stores that that code as office supply stores, but to me, those are the main ones that jump out. You're going to get 5% cash back, which is is really five points per dollar of spend there, which is, which is in terms of Chase points go, I think this is the absolute highest ca- bonus category across all of their family of products, which is wild and can can really be beneficial and lucrative you know, you think office supply stores, you might just immediately think printers, paper, you know, just kind of boring, boring supplies, but they have a surprisingly wide catalog of products and services. Either sometimes, depending on who the, the store you book, you're purchasing from, you can book stuff on their website that they don't carry in store that may surprise you as to what they carry. Most of them also carry gift cards in their store to a wide variety of, of outlets. So, you know, if you just put a little bit of time and effort into thinking and, and potentially routing spend through, uh, that card through an office supply store, you can you can do really well for yourself. If you max out that five percent cashback category every year, that's one hundred twenty five thousand chase points per year. Which yep. you could do some damage with that amount of points, which is pretty exciting. So, and of course, it does also get five x on you know internet, cable, and phone services. So you know, 
combined between the two, you can do well. But but really, for most people, the 5% cash back at office supply stores is, is really what people get excited about. It does also earn 2% cash back at gas stations and restaurants, again, on the first 25K and spend each year. Not bad. You know, it's not something that that go crazy about, but you know, a nice to have, especially if you're just looking for one card for your business. I'd say this one could be up there in, in your contention with five percent and two percent on on good categories. So yeah, yeah I mean, especially it, if you've got a business that has a lot of driving and you're spending a lot on gas, you know, better to get two percent than one percent. Yeah, and, and gas is such a tough category. It's one I think most a lot of people go after, especially business owners, and it's one that there's not really any killer cards probably for that reason, because a lot of people would use that to the max. Now, a question that is hopefully in the back of your mind as you're listening to this, if you're kind of a true points fanatic is, wait a second, can I have both of these cards? Yes, you can. You can have both. You can have all three. You can have all four if you'd like. There's no restriction from one ink card to another. And as we keep on driving home, there's a huge advantage to having the ink cash, ink limit, or both, as well as an ink preferred, because it unlocks all of those points that you earn for higher value redemption. So if you're sitting there today and you have only an ink cash or only an ink unlimited or even both, you are missing out on unlocking a lot of value for points that you are already earning on those cards. But now's a great time with the elevated offer to fix that. Now is arguably the best time. And even if it's not, you know, hello, future people listening to this in months. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, the offer on that card came back down. It's only 750 cash back. Should I wait? Matt, Travis, should they wait? No, no. Definitely not. Yep. It's only a net $150 higher, if you will, on the bonus alone. You could sit around waiting forever for higher offers. Generally speaking, it's rare in which waiting for a card offer to go up before you get it is a good move. So that's Ink Cash. So we've done, again, Ink Preferred, kind of the, the heavy hitter with annual fee, Ink Cash, and one of the free cash back cards, if you will. The other one is Ink Unlimited. And for that one, Travis, can you kind of walk us through it? Absolutely. I love the Ink Unlimited. So I'm happy to, to take this one. Similar to the Ink Cash, $0 annual fee. Its sign-up bonus has also recently increased to $900 cash back after you spend $7,500 in three months from the standard of $750. The reason I like the Ink Unlimited is because it's kind of an easy-to-use card. Yes, there's some great opportunities on the Ink Cash with the office supply stores, the gas and restaurants. But I'm the kind of person who plays the points and miles game from keep it simple. Yeah, I could get that 5% on some office supply stuff, but I don't want to keep juggling cards as much as possible just to do that. So the Ink Unlimited is really great uh, to keep it simple. It earns 1.5% cash back on every purchase. That's it. It's pretty easy. 1.5% cash back on every purchase. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to be sure you're picking the right card. You're earning more than a standard one point or 1% cash back that a lot of cards earn as kind of their base. You're getting 50% more than those. Sure, you're missing out slightly on some opportunity, but unless you already are spending heavily at office supply stores or gas stations, it's a great option when you just need a general all-around good card to put all of your business expenses on. That's why I like it so much. I don't have to think about it. Similar to the Ink Cash, it earns cash back rather than ultimate rewards points. So you do have to have an Ink Preferred, a Sapphire Preferred, or a Sapphire Reserve in order to access those transfer partners. But outside of that, it's a great, easy-to-use card, set-it-and-forget-it type type use. 
Yeah. And one, one other thing I want to be sure to mention, like a common question we get about the subject is like, Hey, what do I have to do to make sure that these, you know, cash back points are actually given to me as ultimate rewards? Ready? This is very complicated. Nothing. You don't do anything at all. That's just the default. They're going to show up in that way. The reason why it's kind of marketed this way is that if you only have in cash on Inc. Unlimited, you'll still see like my total chase ultimate rewards points. When you go to redeem them, the only option you're going to see is for cash back where they're valued at one cent each. However, as we've mentioned a few times on the pod, if you have one of these other premium cards with Chase, there will be an option for you to combine points to the other card and then poof, they are magically unlocked to be used just like any other Chase point you've ever earned in your life to be used for premium cabin travel, you know, booking planes with showers in the front, Matt's favorite way to fly. Uh, it's just automatic. There's nothing that you have to do. And also, hopefully, you can start to see how these cards work within a family. You know, we talked about how the Ink Preferred, kind of the big hitter of them, earns three times points on travel. And the Ink Cash earns, you know, 5% cash back on office supplies and other such things, 2% back on cash and restaurants. And you have Ink Unlimited, which earns 1.5% on everything. So if you kind of just put together a very basic strategy, like, oh, okay, I'm going to get all these cards. I'm going to use Ink Preferred for travel and for my cell phone in case I, you know, get up and it plops out of my lap. I'm going to use the Ink Cash for dining and gas, and I'm going to use Ink Unlimited for everything else. Boom, you are earning more than one point per dollar spent on everything that your business buys. All the points go in the same pot. They can all ultimately be used for travel. That is a great setup and very similar to the one that we use here at 10X Travel. So those are kind of the three ones that most points and miles enthusiasts know about. Let's talk about the fourth, the one that tends to trap some people. That is the Chase Inc. Premier. Now, this one's kind of tricky because A, it sounds like the Inc. Preferred Premier, same letter, everything. B, it actually looks like the Inc. Preferred. I'm looking at the picture of it right here and look. I can see how you'd make that mistake, even if it's in your wallet. But the Chase Inc. Premier is a bit of a trap for most points and miles folks because, again, it earns cash back and only cash back. You can't combine this to other Chase points. In fact, there's even a new prompt that I saw on the Chase website because I do have this card myself that will remind you of that. Like when you go to combine these points elsewhere, it says, hey, like just so you know, these are only for cash back and transfers cannot be undone. So to kind of quickly cover this card, it does have at the moment a $1,000 bonus uh, in cash back after you spend $10,000 in three months, which is great. 10K in three months is out of reach for a lot of people that we talk to. But if you have a sizable business, not bad. It earns 2% cash back on everything you buy and 2.5% on any transaction over $5,000. So if you have, again, a sizable business with quite a bit of spend that comes in large chunks and you have your other broader points to mile strategy kind of in place, this can work. It kind of fills in some gaps. You get decent cash back value out of that. But if you're looking to, you know, shower in the sky in first class like Matt is going for, this card is generally not going to help you accomplish that unless you want to do it by earning a bunch of cash back, which is going to take forever. So Chase Inc. Premier makes sense for some folks, but not for most points and miles enthusiasts. Yeah, it's definitely a case-by-case basis. Like Bryce said, generally for larger businesses that have more spend, quite frankly, where you're getting as many points as you can possible from the other cards. And you're not able to redeem them at a rate, you know, you're earning them faster than you can redeem them. In which case, maybe some cash back is a, a better option for you. I, I kind of wanted to highlight that's kind of, that's why you'll see it ranked a little bit lower on our best credit cards list is because it doesn't earn those ultimate rewards that you can transfer to partners. We still think that there's times when it makes sense for businesses, but that's why we rank it lower because it's a definitely a bit more of a, a niche use case. Whereas the other ones, almost any business, no matter big or small, can benefit from them. Absolutely. And 
to, to emphasize one more time, you can have all of these cards at once, all four. There's no restriction from one ink to another. There's no restriction from a Sapphire card to an ink. If you're kind of playing the points and miles game on an advanced level and been doing this for a while, there's a chance that you probably have you know two, maybe all three of the ink cards open and also a Sapphire card open at the same time. Totally fine. Just do be aware of general bang velocity rules. You can't open all four or five of these cards on the same day. You want to pace it out. Good pace is one approval per 30 days per issuer, but ultimately get to a point where you're earning more than one point per dollar in all your spend. It's all going in the same account and you're able to use these all for high value travel redemptions. So that's kind of the ink family of cards. We mentioned how we kind of rank them on our best cards list. You know, there might be some variations on which ones you choose based on your business spend categories. But with these offers being up to $900 cash back here, the highest we've seen in quite some time, this should be a high priority for just about anyone who can qualify for business cards. I believe these are as high as like two, three, and four on our rank of the best overall cards for the average person. Now, the minimum spend on these business cards is a bit higher than you're going to see on most personal cards. So of course, as always, make sure you can meet any minimum spend before you apply. Um, But if you're sitting and you already have a Sapphire Preferred or Sapphire Reserve, I would say go ahead and do these cards in whatever order feels best because you're ultimately, hopefully, going to go for multiple of them. So one other kind of recent change in the ink ecosystem, if you will, that makes these cards particularly attractive is the ink preferred currently offering a bonus of 100,000 Chase Ultimate Reward points after you spend just $8,000 in the first three months. Now that historically has been $15,000 in three months, which puts it out of reach for a lot of people, particular in the kind of side hustle, sole proprietor type world. But if you're if you're sitting there and like all of a sudden, hey, 8K in three months is doable with my business spend, the Ink Preferred then also jumps near the top of the list. Worth getting that spend is kind of in line with Ink Cash and Ink Unlimited too. And really kind of anecdotally, it's, it's in line with a lot of spend patterns that we see with people in our 10X ecosystem. So getting all three is fantastic. I want to really highlight why considering business cards and particularly the inks are so important. You know, a lot of people when they get started quickly say, I'm not eligible for business cards. And I'd really encourage you to to dig into your life and what you do to see if maybe you do have a business, even if it's not intentional. A lot of these businesses are unintentional. So another example is I love scuba dive. I'm a dive master. Whenever I'm working with classes, I get tips. But I've got my own gear, my own equipment that I'm servicing, taking care of, the transportation costs to get out there. And so I do have a legitimate business there, even if it doesn't feel like it, right? Because it's fun. And sometimes fun businesses don't feel like businesses. But I kind of want to dig in and help illustrate why being eligible for business cards and especially the inks can make such a big difference in your points and miles journey. Even if we ignore the the higher offers that are out there right now, if you get what is generally considered the standard bonus on the Chase Sapphire Preferred, which is a personal card, but most everyone should start with it, 60,000 points. Then the Ink Preferred, 80,000 points. The Ink Cash, $750 cash back at 75,000 ultimate rewards. And same on the Ink Unlimited. That's a total of 290,000 ultimate rewards points that you can get starting off in points and miles. And even at these elevated offers, it goes up to 340,000. That's 50,000 more points, which is basically a whole additional card. If you don't dig in to think if you're eligible for business cards and just skip these, you're leaving 230 to 280,000 ultimate rewards points on the table. 
And to put that into context for you, that's two round trip tickets in business class to many destinations or a week or more at some high-end hotels. And even if you're like Matt and you don't want to actually shower in the sky, you just want to get where you're going, that's four more round trip tickets in economy to most places and dozens of nights at some less premium hotels. And since these cards also don't count towards your 524 status, you still have a number of other chase cards that you can get after you get the inks. But if you just go ahead and just start getting personal cards early, you could quickly get over 524 and not be eligible for these. It's the opportunity cost of not taking the time to evaluate whether or not you're actually eligible for business cards or not can really be a whole trip that you're missing out on. And that's kind of a lot. And so many people do it too. Like the, the kind of the cliche email I get all the time sounds a bit like what you described with the dive master thing. It's like, Hey Bryce, like, I'm not sure if I'm eligible for business cards. I, I own three Airbnbs. I manage two rental properties and I walk dogs every weekend and get paid for all of these things. But I don't think I qualify for a business card to which I usually reply. Why not? You're getting money is coming in. You have expenses related to this thing. Why wouldn't you be eligible for business cards? And then usually there's some sort of answer around like, well, I don't have like a tax ID or I don't have employees or like, I'm not a public company. The bar to qualify for business cards is so much lower than most people think. Like, I don't know if I've ever encountered a reader who has, how has ended up thinking, oh, business cards are way harder to get than I thought. It's always the opposite. It's always, these are dramatically easier. And again, I want to emphasize, there's no connection to like tax or law. Like opening a business card does not mean that you are legally obligated to file like a business tax return. Purchasing something on a business card does not in any way make it like a requirement that you write this off or report it for any other sort of tax consideration. Like the everything is just a bit looser than you think. So as Travis mentioned, you can easily put together over 300,000 chase alt reward points with three to four cards and a total of a little under $200 in annual fees for that. Anyone who's able to do that should do that. And your bookkeeping will be so much cleaner because you can yes. dedicate a card or multiple business cards just for your actual business spending and transactions and not have all your funds commingled. So yeah. that should be a win all around. And you you solve and kind of the credit score issues. Like an, another con- very common situation I see is people are like, why, am I, why is my credit score 640? I've never missed a payment. Oh, and by the way, I use a Chase Sapphire Preferred for my business and I spend $80,000 a month on it. Like that's why. That, that last part is exactly why. You need to be using a business card for that purpose, even if you set the rewards side of it. I think one other sort of fear point that people have is they feel like they don't have enough revenue in their business for a business card too. Like there's some minimum revenue threshold. And we see people all the time with zero revenue or maybe $1,000 a year, a couple thousand a year getting approved for cards. And one point I've always uh, thought that was interesting is there's not a revenue requirement for qualifying for business cards. There's only the requirement to have intent to generate revenue. And that may sound super nuanced, but it's also super important. You don't have to generate revenue today in order to open a business card. You could be like some pre-startup that's not going to have a product to come to market in like three years, but you have that intent to generate revenue here in the future. So that is enough in of itself as well to be able to qualify you for a card. Yeah. Our, our advice and revenue is always just answer as honestly as you can. And don't ask other people. We get so many folks who, who will post in the group or email us like, what should I put for revenue for my business? Which we always reply, I don't know. What is the revenue of your business? Like, Take your most honest guess, but no one else can possibly tell you what number to put. So that's the inks. There's some great 
now is a great time to get them. Now is a great time to kind of revisit the idea of getting business cards. But if we kind of move past the inks for just a moment, which again, I want to emphasize, you shouldn't just skip over these cards. These are fantastic cards. You should get them. But for those who already have the inks or for those who for one reason or another can't qualify for them, or maybe it's not a great fit, let's talk about some other quick business cards to consider that might have similar perks to those. So Matt, Travis, I guess what alternatives come to mind for you, for people who for one reason or another don't want or can't get the inks? For me, the Amex Business Gold is a sort of secret powerhouse card. I think it's in line with the Ink Preferred. It's got some great bonus categories. It's kind of complicated. Uh, one, the annual fee on it's two ninety five versus ninety five, so elevated there. And then the the categories on it are four X, so it earns membership rewards points with Amex. But the categories rotate, and it's or uh, rotate in the sense that it, you only get four X in your two top categories of spend each month from the selected categories. So some of those are airfare, advertising, purchases from like specific retailers of uh, computer products and software and stuff like that, gas, restaurants, and then shipping. So if you spend in those categories and some of the retailer, like if you buy from like Dell, I think is one of the approved select technology providers, this can be a great card for you because you can earn up to... Um, Four X points per per month, which is awesome, but it does that does the four X only counts for the first one hundred and fifty thousand in purchases. Similar to the ink limitation, is also one hundred fifty thousand, I believe, too. So if you're spending way higher than that, this becomes much less lucrative pretty quickly. But if you're not like a mega corporation, this could be a great card for you. And I think that pre- that presents a wonderful opportunity to kind of stack these together, right? So you might earn. 3x on the first 150,000 you spend on the ink preferred on travel. But then if you layer on top of that Amex business gold, you can then earn 4x on that again. So you have these opportunities to kind of put them together, balance your points across multiple ecosystems. That's good for business. Travis, any cards come to mind for you beyond the inks? Yeah, I like the Capital One Spark Miles card. Uh, it's Capital One's business card that earns miles. Again, I like to keep it simple and it earns 2x on all purchases it does technically earn 5x on hotels and rental cars booked through capital one travel but generally 2x points on all purchases Um, capital one has really been increasing their value in the points and miles space over the past few years adding transfer partners improving the rates at which they transfer to i think that it can be easy to over to overlook capital one sometimes but that there's definitely a lot of value to be had there. Additionally, the minimum spend, at least right now while we're recording, is a lot lower. It's only $4,500. So if you're looking at a $6,000, $7,500, $8,000 or more minimum spend to meet the bonus, and you think that's going to be a stretch, the Capital One Spark Miles is a good way to get a business card that has a lower lower minimum spend again at least right now it has been much much higher in the past um they've offered some really big bonuses on it but with really high spend thresholds but yeah for for an easy everyday 2x points on everything that even beats the ink unlimited now it does have an annual fee that again at the time of recording it's waived the first year but i think it's one that's often overlooked and definitely has some value in the business card space. Yeah, both. I mean, both of those sound amazing. So generally speaking, the question that's probably on a lot of people's mind right now is, should I consider getting those before the inks? I would say no on both. 
But there's a couple caveats to that. The Amex Business Gold, the official offer is still 70,000 membership rewards points after spending 10K in the first three months. However, we've seen targeted offers up to 130, I believe, is the highest we've seen on the Business Gold. If you come across a $130,000 offer, 130,000 point offer on the Business Gold card, I would consider it. It doesn't take a 524 slot. You can meet the spend. I think it's a good move. However, Membership rewards points are what we'd probably consider like an intermediate loyalty program. I mean, a, a flexible currency to where, you know, they have Delta as their one sort of domestic US transfer partner. Well, I guess Hawaiian as well, but their points are probably require a little bit more level of knowledge and know how to redeem. So I wouldn't want someone to get stuck in the point to where they have these points, but don't have a great way to redeem them. Uh, so you do have to kind of factor that in as well. I'd probably add, again, while there's no harm since these generally don't count towards your 524 status, so getting them before the inks would not preclude you from also being able to get the inks. The simple reason why I would get the inks before these, twofold. First, keep it easy. We're, you're having to start to think about 524 eligibility, how it impacts them, all of these things. And if you're new, it's just much easier for to, to follow a plan uh, while you're learning all of these stuff so you can better make these decisions in the future. But the second reason why I wouldn't get them before the inks is kind of going back to what I talked about earlier, the amount of ultimate rewards points you can earn. Yes, you can still earn those after getting these cards, but it's a lot easier to put a trip together, especially if you're someone who's new to this, when you have all of the same points. It, so having a lot of ultimate rewards points up front to use to start booking and putting trips together is just a lot easier to navigate and figure out than having 60,000 ultimate rewards points and 90,000 membership rewards points and 50,000 capital one miles. Like It's going to feel more overwhelming trying to put a trip together when you're pulling from a lot of different places that you have points and miles in versus just having them in one place. And especially, again, reiterating, if you are someone who's who's new to points and miles, booking that first trip can be a little tricky enough as is sometimes. So don't make it harder on yourself. One also component to think about too is some Capital One business cards do actually report to your personal credit. They're kind of a nuanced outlier. I don't know that we have an official list on this. I think it's only some of the Capital One business cards, not all of them. But I would also factor that in, especially if you're under 524, that that would not be a great move of a 524 slot. And another thing on factor on top of that to consider is Capital One generally pulls all three credit bureaus when you're applying for their products. So you'll see a lot more credit activity. And while that's not the end of the world, depending on your what you've got going on or your just general card strategy for the next six or nine months, that could potentially sort of uh, not be like great for you. I don't think it's going to harm you, but it's probably not uh, the best uh, thing to, to factor in here. So a couple other things to consider. And actually, I should say too, that Capital One can be inquiry sensitive. So you know, you've kind of got a lot going on here on, on the Capital One side that you should factor in if, if you were to decide to pull the trigger. Point in case there for my, there's a lot more factors to consider yeah, and it makes yeah. it a lot more complicated. <laughs> Thanks for... I don't mean to burst your bubble. The inks make it easy. No, yeah. <laughs> the inks make it easy. Yeah. So as we, as we kind of start to wrap up here, I, I want to speak to the, the, the mindset that a lot of you probably have right now. You're probably sitting there thinking, hmm, based on what I just heard, it sounds like I might be able to qualify for a business card. Like I have this side hustle, whatever business that, that brings in revenue. I didn't think it was a business card 
are eligible, but but it sounds like it is. Like, what should I do now? Just pick one ink card and apply for that. I know that it's scary. I know the application looks a little bit different. The course kind of walks through how to fill it out. Once you kind of cross that first bridge and you see, oh, wow, that was way easier than I thought it was, that will start to open your eyes to other uses of business cards. So this is a, a you know an intermediate to advanced-ish area of our hobby. It's scary for everyone. It feels really weird doing your first business card. Just do that one, make it an ink because they're easy and because the bonus right now is as high as we've seen in recent memory. And that's going to kind of open the door to a whole new area of the hobby that's going to make more points and miles and travel dreams come true. We should also clarify too that we have a a dedicated chapter to this in the uh, 10X Travel course. Uh, It's chapter 25, covers both eligibility for business cards, but it also answers some frequently asked questions on how to fill it out, especially as like a sole proprietor. So if, if you're a person that you know, likes to read or, or might digest that information better, or just like a, a resource to kind of reference off of, check out chapter 25 in the course. Also, if you have a friend or family member that already has an ink product, they have very lucrative referral bonuses. So, you know, the person could refer you and, and get a card and get, I believe it's up to 40,000 points per referral, which is kind of crazy. So if, if you've got a friend or family member, whatever that has one, it might be time to say, hey, send me a referral link. Let me help you out for this product. But of course, if, if you don't have referral links, uh, we have links for all these products down in the show notes and uh, you could can use those to help support us. Yeah, and on, on that note of referrals, if you are in two-player mode where you're starting off mimicking each other's moves, you know, player one, once you get an ink, just refer your player two to the ink as well so that way you get not only the bonus but those referral points. Like Matt said, if you don't have one of those available, we'd love for you to support us, but definitely don't miss out on those points opportunities. Absolutely. So kind of putting a bow on it here, business cards are a great piece of overall points and miles strategy, specifically the inks that we talked about, the ink card family. When it comes up to building your ultimate rewards portfolio, there's really an ink for every type of business and every type of spend. And again, you can get all of them at the same time. It makes sense to kind of put them together in a family strategy. So don't count them out just because you don't think you have a business or, or you're concerned about the many boogeymen that come with business cards that just do not exist. Uh, if you think that one of these cards might be next on the list to apply for, we'd love if you use the links on our site to apply. Uh, for that or any future credit card applications, you can find those at 10xtravel.com slash best-credit-cards linked in the show notes as well, or really anywhere on the site. Those clicks are what support us and allow us to create all of our content and help you without having to charge a dime. And if you have specific questions about your situation or just want to learn more about business cards and how they might apply to you, feel free to reach out. You can email us at contact at 10xtravel.com. We can weigh in on how we think you might be able to use business cards, how they can work for your particular situation. Be sure to check out our Facebook group, 10X Travel Insiders, where you can see over a quarter million other members maximizing their point earning, many of them with business cards. And here's a fun one. We'd love it if you join us at one of our upcoming in-person meetups. This fall, we are heading to Columbus, Ohio, Charlotte, Atlanta, Phoenix, and San Diego, each time just renting out a venue, paying for the drinks and food, and just socializing and having fun. More details can be found on that at 10xtravel.com slash events. Hope to see you at one of those. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.